Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is energy, and that energy is interconnected and interdependent. In essence, we are all one. What you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Also, I want to make a note, too, that science is just catching up to the truth of oneness um, with the unified field theory and quantum entanglement. But ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons. Today's show topic is, We Don't Die with Sandra Champlain, like the lake. (laughs) Thank you, Sandra, so much for being my guest. Oh, you're so welcome. And you are just my guest on my show. So this is fun. And hello to your listener and your viewers. Yes, and I'm not sure when your show will air with me, and I'm not sure when this show will air. So I don't know which one will go first, but it's all good, though. All is good. Yes, and I was going to share that with the listeners. You beat me to the punch. I was going to say, yes, I just recorded um, a show with Sandra as her guest on We Don't Die Radio. Sandra is the wonderful host of We Don't Die Radio, and she has written a wonderful book best-selling book by the same title, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's View, right? From a skeptic's, skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Here, I can show oh, it to you because I just yes, happen to have yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. And I have my copy right there. I can't grab it. Too no, that's okay. I have my copy. Yes. <laughs> yes, We Don't Die Radio. I had the honor of meeting Sandra in person at the Afterlife Symposium in Phoenix this past September. And thank you, Sandra, please, I know who you are, and I know many of my listeners also know who you are. They're very familiar with your show. Many of my, because actually, I have to say, it was my list, it, no, I, I, it definitely, for sure, it was my listeners that introduced me to you. <laughs> so I oh, have, that's sweet. Yes, yes, I have to thank my listeners. So I want you to please share with those listeners out there that are not familiar with you. Please share your journey. Yes, I sure will. And then you can always jump in and ask more questions or whatever. I like yourself, Caroline, just a human being living life. And then something pretty extraordinary happened. Uh, A couple things happened in my world. First of all, just a little bit about my history. My day job is I'm a chef. I work with race car teams, travel the country with uh, race car teams in the IMSA series. And out of a big tent, it looks like a circus tent. My mom and I have a catering business and we feed breakfast, lunch, dinner to usually up to a thousand people per meal. Hard job. And going throughout my life, I never really had a lot of spirituality. I, like you, was raised in the Catholic Church, went to Catholic school, mass on Sundays, wore the uniform. But I think my parents sent us to that school because it was the lesser of two evils 
that there will probably be a lot of less drugs and alcohol in the Catholic school than in yes. um, the public school. But I never found any relationship with God or the Bible or um, religion. And not a bad thing, but it just is what it is. And then I felt always skepticism to people that would talk new age things. They would talk about whether it's afterlife or psychic phenomena or angels. It was very opinionated that if we couldn't see it and touch it and smell it and taste it and hear it, that it couldn't be real. And I think having my dad and dad's was a great man or still is in his seat in the afterlife, but um, I'm sure he just learned what he learned from his parents and, and so forth. And so it was, I, I just kind of knew that all that world of spiritualism, um, you know, these are for the people that need to find something, but there's no evidence in that. I was very arrogant and egotistical. Like I had all the answers, even though I never studied any of this before. Right. Um, and it's really funny too, because now I've interviewed so many people who've had near-death experiences. And there are things like they're drawn to the light. Well, arrogant, arrogant younger Sandra would say, well, that's just what happens when your brain shuts down. Like, why did I think I had this information when I never even researched it? Crazy. But I think, you know, our ego is a very real thing. Yes, very and, true. and mine, mine was definitely on loudspeaker. So I went through this fear of dying and it was out of control. I, I would go to bed at night not knowing if I'd wake up, you know, what would happen to me. I wasn't sick, but I just couldn't handle this unknown if there's something out there. And, and just turning to what I remember from Catholic school, there's great stories of the afterlife, but there was not anything to rest my fears. So this was back in the mid-90s. I very secretly went on this quest to look for evidence of the afterlife. And certainly I started in religion. I found out that most major world religions do believe in the afterlife. And then eventually I started dabbling in the world of the metaphysics, the mediumship, the psychic stuff, mm -hmm. even taking a course in mediumship that the teacher said, anyone who takes this course, you're someone who can correctly tell the deceased people around others. And I'm thinking, there's no way that could happen. But that fear of dying was so strong within me that I, if there's even a remote chance that that was true, I had to explore it. And this is a rather interesting story, if you don't mind me sharing it. Of course, it, please. Is while I was in this small group of people, she explained how mediumship happens and how um, that we're still energy, even though our, our flesh is gone and we're still our personality. So she said, I want to have you guys practice what it's like to do a medium reading, but we're not really going to do it yet. But this is a practice. So I said, oh, all right, you know, if I don't really have to do it, I can certainly practice. She says, I want you to use the power of your imagination. And I want you to imagine, uh, at first, everyone had to get a partner. And I didn't know anybody in the group. So this lady looked nice enough to me. And she said, I want you to imagine that you're connecting heart to heart and really bring in love and surround the two of you in this bubble of, of love and safety and great. But she says, use your imagination. And just pretend that somebody's standing behind your partner. Mm -hmm. And she says, and then, you know, the basics. Very time, a lot of times people say what they died of. They, they tell you what they look like. You might have 
flashes in your mind and it might be a message. But she said, just because we're not really doing it, that's the thing. She says, just use your imagination and invent somebody and close your eyes, she said, and then just tell your partner the story. So I have my eyes closed and I'm sitting there and I invent that her grandfather's standing behind her, that it's her mom's father, that he he was a fisherman. All of a sudden in my imagination, I create that he was on a fishing boat. I see this guy with blonde hair and blue eyes and a gap between his front teeth smoking. So I got this feeling he died of lung cancer. Um, I, I felt like he was from Denmark and that um, his name was Jan. I mean, just this, the story I was creating in my mind and that he never told her mother that he loved her. That was, he was a really tough man. Mm-hmm. And so he had that regret and wanted to me to deliver the message. I said, okay, so this is what my imagination created. So then I opened my eyes and I look at my partner ready to say, okay, it's your turn. Right. And she's crying oh my because God. her grandfather's name was Jan. He was a fisherman in Denmark. He died of lung cancer. He had the blonde hair and blue eyes, had the gap between his teeth. And he was, a, you know, he'd heard stories. She had heard stories from her mom that he wasn't a touchy-feely person and the love wasn't there. And so the message was perfect. And Caroline, I tell you, in that moment, everything started to shift. Because certainly if mediumship is a real thing, it would go to those gifted few. It wouldn't come to people like me. (laughs) And uh, I spent the rest of the weekend practicing this mediumship. But now that I, when I would try to do it, it never worked. But when I would... Just say, oh, I don't care. This isn't going to work. All of a sudden, something accurate would come through. So although I never went on to be a practicing medium and and take the time, I think like learning the piano is something anybody can do. But there are people that have a natural tendency to be able to do it. And of course, if we practice, 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 we can get very, very good at it. And so I think it's part of our soul's soul, because we are souls having a human experience, I believe, that we can all tap into that. So that was like the first thing that opened the door. And so then I started really collecting more and more things, electronic voice phenomena and um, learning things about reincarnation and hospice workers very often are by the bedside of people and children. And just before they pass, they talk about the people there uh, to greet them. One of the ladies, in fact, she said that one boy gave the name of three different boys and he's talking to an empty corner. And she says, who's there? And he's just like, Pete, Michael, and Philip, or whatever the names were. Right. And sure enough, those were the last three boys that lived in that hospice room before they had passed away. Oh. So I ended up gathering all this great stuff, yeah. but I never told anybody about it because right. my fear is people would look at me the way I would look at other people that had been interested in spirituality, that I'd lose friends, I'd lose family. And very conveniently, I just started living life with this knowing that there would be a lot of people that could be helped if I had the guts to share it. But I just, I put it all, I I said, no, I'm not the one, I'm not smart enough to write a book. Who's going to listen to me? And then if we... Wait, I just want to interject sure. before you go on because you, you hit on so many things that just, okay, and even you said piano lessons. I don't know if you know, I teach piano. No, and I didn't know that. You didn't know that. <laughs> no. It's so accurate what you said. I have been to one workshop 
like similar to the one you went through by Suzanne Giesman when she was here in this area. But I agree with you a thousand percent. I believe we all are energy and we all are still connected. That's the oneness. And we all can be mediums if that's our calling. And right. people are natural at it. Just like with piano, I'm not natural. I had to I took lessons from the time I was seven to the time I was about 15. And I had to wow. practice. It was not natural. And I have students that I've been teaching now for 25 years, children. Some are natural and some have to practice. So, but it's a choice. If you, like, That's I think right. the gifted, you know, they're natural born gifted mediums, but we all have that ability. So I, I just wanted to share that with you. I agree with you a thousand percent. That oh, that's so cool. That's great. Um, thank you. Now I got another little, little slice of who you are. So that's yes. really great. Really great. Um, but what happened after that was I get a phone call that my dad's diagnosed with cancer and has a very short time to live. This is now is 2010. I relocated. I, I live right now in Massachusetts. I okay. relocated to Florida to be by my dad's side. Um, it was a very tough time. I have siblings and we started fighting over dad's care. Mm -hmm. One thing we discussed when you were just my guest is grief doesn't always happen just when someone dies. That pressure of yeah. facing somebody's illness or change or so many different things can, yeah. the grieving process can start. Anyways, we, be, we, we fought um, and then once dad finally did pass, in 2010, things were at an all-time worse with my siblings. And the long story short is not only did dad die, but it felt like the relationships I had with them died as well. And with them, of course, they all had children. And so I haven't been able to see nieces and nephews and things like that in quite a number of years. And I hit a depression. I was not suicidal. But I could understand how people feeling this low would want to get out of their pain and how they, they would consider ending it all. And luckily for me, a little, it's like, you know, you see the light bulb in a cartoon that goes off that somebody has an idea. Something went off, oh yeah, an aha moment. Something went off in my mind is what is grief and is this something that would turn normal people into such crazy people, you know, arguing about things that never even happened. And none of us are materialistic. And for them to think that I wanted more of dad's money, that's why I moved to Florida. I mean, ridiculous. And, I, and so I funneled my grief into researching grief. Yeah. And I ended up finding this world that I had no idea. What most people don't know, I mean, we all hear that there's stages of grief, there's an anger stage, there's denial, there's shock, there's, you know, different things than finally acceptance. But what I didn't realize, and most people don't realize, is that we actually go through a biological, physical change when we grieve. We have, and I hate to compare our minds to an automobile, but you know, in your car, you've got to put the brake fluid in and oil and gasoline and all that kind of stuff, windshield wiper fluid. Well, our 
human systems, even animal systems, are run on what's called neurotransmitters mm -hmm. running through us. And one of them controls our sleep, one controls our memory, uh, one controls our mood, one controls our perception. Literally, okay. you know, if you see, if two people are looking at the same exact car accident, you know, they'll have different views. Exactly. Well, my friend, what I learned about the grieving process is, say we have normally 100% of these neurotransmitters, they can be deleted down to about 10%. Okay. And so many of us who've experienced grief have experienced the anger, either too much sleep or not enough sleep, that deep, dark depression, the anger, all of that. But then we also, and, and you probably feel the same way, if you've noticed, you don't have a great memory. You can't remember things. Right. And there's, there's so much else. And it hit me. I had that aha moment that you talk about that the minds of myself and my siblings were not functioning as a whole. So their occurring world and mine were not the same communication breakdown. And it's like, I, I learned a lot. And I also learned some of the things to help feel better to bring these levels up and certainly one thing is time yeah. but also things like going out in the sunshine listening to peaceful music getting into the present moment getting a little exercise my friend nancy god bless her she took me to this puppy place that had it was just like a mom and pop operation where you could it was a pet store but i yeah. mean a really good one where you could cuddle the puppies they were all in their own little pens they weren't behind the glass or anything right so I was being licked all over by these beautiful puppies and for though that short time I couldn't think of anything but the puppies and the laughter and things like that you know it starts actually elevating these neurotransmitter levels yeah so long story short is I decided to put together an audio called how to survive grief and at that time, I only had a couple hundred Facebook friends, and I put it on Facebook, free download. It still exists. If you go okay. to survivegrief.com, you okay. can listen to it. But what happened was unexpected. People started sharing it like crazy, and within a matter of just a couple of months after dad died, over 3,000 people had now heard it. Wow. And I started getting emails from people and messages on Facebook that not only did it help ease their pain and give them understanding, but people said, I chose not to commit suicide because of your words. Oh. Because I was describing what it's like to live in a grieving brain and they realized that they're having the same negative thoughts and things like that. So that's when I actually feel like I got the moral responsibility that I need to share this with people. And I didn't wanna be known as the grief lady for the rest of my life. Cause if you know me, I'm very positive. Yeah. And certainly I, I went through deep grief for a number of years, but I like, it just hit me like Sandra, if you have the guts to share your, why you believe in the afterlife title, the book, we don't die, which is a right. pretty bold statement that, you know, and, and I, I really do try to deliver inside the book, why I believe that we don't die. But then sneak in chapter 10 is that grief audio. It's called how to survive grief. It's in the book. Right. And then the rest of the book, how to have a powerful life. And uh, as miracles happen, I meet a publisher. I pitch my idea. I've never written anything in my life. Right. He said, write it like you're talking to me. Yeah. So everybody who reads the book, it's like, it's like I'm t you're talking to me yeah. kind of a thing. And yeah. then, and then that was obviously great, 
But then I got really busy with my life and I'd be on other people's radio shows and television shows. But a part of me was missing that love to still research. And I had uh, helped a friend figure out how to create a podcast Mm -hmm. for iTunes. And I said, you know, I figured, you know, I helped him figure out that for business. Why can't I do that for the afterlife? And I don't have time to read everybody's books, but I could certainly have a half hour or an hour conversation and record it. So just very organically here in the house, I was calling people and recording it. And now it's been four and a half years. I'm up to uh, 288 episodes. And and some days I can monitor on YouTube and, and iTunes how many downloads happen. Sometimes there's 10,000 people in a day that are listening. Wow. Awesome. It's crazy. And, yeah. and better than that is I can still have my day job, which pays the bills, yeah. but still be sharing with people and such a, something that's so personal to me. And the emails keep coming. And you and I met at the Afterlife Symposium. And I can't tell you how many of my listeners came. And they told me really how much the shows helped them, especially grieving parents or someone who's lost somebody. I mean, they're not lost, but someone who's, their flesh is gone, had someone disappear from their life. And so it gives me great joy to still be the researcher, be able to share. Uh, In 2019, I'm going to start doing my own live events, which is crazy and great but to me very much like you once we find something that really gives help and hope and excitement and passion and new friends and things to our own lives what's natural is to share that and I have met the greatest people including yourself and I and having real conversations not the superficial how are you and not listening to the response or how's the weather you know that kind of stuff really deep meaningful conversations so I wouldn't want to be anywhere else and I would have never guessed that would it would have come out of my most painful thing that's happened in my life and as far as my siblings go I love them. They're smart people. Uh, One relationship is healed out of the the three. I had someone very wise say, you know, if you can imagine a circle and in the bottom, you know, it goes separate directions, but then at the top, it always comes back together. So for me to, me to just have the hope that we're and the faith that we're all on our individual journeys and things had to happen exactly as they did for me to be where I am now. Same I know with your story and, and it's okay, you know, just to be, live more in the present moment and do what I can to share and be a good person. And that's my friend is Sandra Champlain in a nutshell. (laughs) Well, it's a beautiful nutshell. (laughs) And and you're so right. I love that you use the example because police officers of, of the car accident, you take two people that witnessed the identical car accident, they could even be standing side by side, and the police take a state written statement from each separately, they, they saw different things, and that kind of touches upon, we talked about it in your show, that we are all creating our own reality. So that we do literally perceive things differently because right. we are creating, so your reality, your, your siblings, you guys were, even in the same room, you were in different worlds. And exactly. so, yes. Yeah, and a lot of people have those kind of issues. And yeah. 
I know you've done a lot of scientific research and I can't remember the details, but whatever bits of information that we can pay attention to at right. any one given time, there's something like 80 billion things happening. Oh, yes. And our minds can only handle something like 5,000 bits that are happening at one time. Exactly. And no one can be looking at the same bits the same way I am. Exactly. At, and that added on top of all of our past, our beliefs, our values, our histories, what happened when we were children, was I the favorite kid, and I don't, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. We have no idea. So a bottom line is it helps give compassion. If you're not in somebody else's shoes, we really can't judge. It's very easy to be judgmental. I'm yeah. no saint at this, but yeah. there are times that I take a step back and go, okay, let's, let's take a look. Yes. There was a fortune cookie that I got once, Caroline, that said the best place to stand in an argument is on the other person's side. Mm. So that was like, okay, let's let's see, you know, yeah, you know, let's look at it from their yes. lens They're to from, see, from and then you can you can have compute communication. Yes. I think. Yes, this is so true, and it's so true. Like you said, um, you you launched the show. I actually launched the show about three and a half years ago, so I'm like a year behind you, um, but it's like, when I went to my first conference, and people eat, like I get emails, but going to my Helping Parents Heal conference, which I don't yes. think you, well, you weren't there, right? I wasn't there, no. Okay, well the first conference that I ever went to was Helping Parents Heal conference, and listeners came up to me and said, my show helped parents, of course, parents said how much my show has helped them, and even one lady hugged me in the bathroom and said, my show saved her life. And I know how oh. when you get those those comments and I get, it's like if just that one. If just that one. That one, it's all worth it. It's right. totally worth it. It is. And I want to say, too, to anybody that's watching or listening right now, um, you you don't have to be a radio show host to make a difference. I tell you, I've heard from so many people who have especially gone through the grieving process that they might sit next to somebody on an airplane or on a train or meet someone else. And just a few kind words can really help someone because they've been there. Yes. So when we can take our focus off of ourselves, which is difficult sometimes, yes. if we can look to where can I make a difference? Where can I volunteer? Hey, volunteering also helps bring these neurotransmitters up. Um, yes. But when you can make a difference for another, it just comes right back. Yeah, it's so true. And I believe as you, we, when you awaken spiritually to who we truly are, which is we're spirits, having a temporary human experience of our own creation. I always throw that in there so we own our own experience. But when, when you awaken, I find, when you awaken to that, you actually, it's not a selfish thing, but you go within to live your life purpose. And when you're living your life purpose, you are going to radiate and touch others, whether it be a, a, talk, a radio show host or a painter or a musician or an right. artist, you know, whatever you're here to do. We come here for a reason. And our, our soul is always urging us, go this way. Go this way, do this. And our mind, our monkey mind, I, will get in the way. It's like, okay, but that's not going to make me any money. Oh, no. Oh, one of the things, I've been watching these great shows um, on famous people, um, like movies about like Walt Disney. And his yes. uncle and his father, when he was younger, and even as a young adult, he used to love to draw. 
And his uncle and his father said, you're not going to make any money drawing. We're talking about Walt Disney. Okay. <laughs> Imagine if he listened and never and didn't draw Mickey Mouse, you know? <laughs> wow, I never knew that story. Yes, it's a movie. There's, a, there's actually two movies about his life. I saw both of them. But yeah, and he went through a rough time sticking to his passion. So follow what's inside your heart, and it's going to lead you to exactly why you came into this experience. Because when we leave this experience, we're not going anywhere. We're just leaving this experience for another experience, you know? But it's all, but we come, it's a purpose to it. Because I always say, it is an illusion. Like Einstein said, time is an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. And this reality, like I said before on your show, um, nothing is truly solid. If you put anything under a high power microscope, you see moving particles, you see energy. It's all moving energy. That's all it is. And it's, right. it's an illusion. And when you said mentioned about human perception, we can, and this is science, science has proven, there is so much more out there that we can't perceive. Dogs can hear much, right. much more than we can hear. You know, there's so much that we can't see, that we can't hear, that is out there that um, instruments, scientific instruments can detect that mm -hmm. we can't. Our human body is extremely limited. Our senses are extremely limited. And so because we can't see it, taste it, hear it, feel it, and say, oh, it's not there, duh. <laughs> it's like so much more, so much more is out there. I can't even put it, it's like, there's only 0.999% of stuff that we can actually see, taste, and hear and, and feel uh, compared to a billion stuff. I'm just throwing out numbers that we can't. I agree. If yeah. we could see the satellites around us and the wireless internet and the yeah. radio waves and music and all of that, and science has proven that... Yeah. More, a lot of energy can live in the same space. Exactly. So, you know, I love the term hereafter because our loved ones are right here just exactly. after their bodies are gone. Exactly. That's why mediums can tap into them and they can shift energy, lights can come on, and yes. electronic yes. voice phenomena can happen, yes. and so many other things because they're just in that, that world that we can't see with our eyes. But I do yes. think when we can get in the present moment, which I know is something that you stand by too, yes. it's the access way, but we have yes. to turn off that mind that's always thinking about the past and the future and yes. just be present. I say a lot of times I say, get out of the head and go into the heart. And like, yes. I need to see your heart map. You gotta check out heart map. And Howard, invite Howard. Um, Howard Martin, he's one of the co-founders. You'll have to uh, email me his contact. Yes, I will. Because he'll share that our heart is so much more powerful than our mind. But right. we always, we, we think it's the mind, but it's the heart. Yeah, live from your heart. That's what I say. Yeah. So now, share with us, now that you, start, when you started your podcast four and a half years ago, share with us, with us what you learned from all the, the, the um, guests that you had, like close to 300. So these guests are sharing their experiences of their, of with dealing with the afterlife, with near-death right. experiences and things of that nature. Share what you have learned from all those guests. I think the biggest thing is 
there's been things that I've never heard of before that have made me go, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, And people have, you know, one of the things is something called a spirit artist, you know, people that are not only mediums, but they draw pictures of your loved ones. I thought there's people out there like like this. It's just, it's crazy. Um, Different techniques to help us tap into our loved ones. I mean, I'm all for people going to see a good medium. Yes, me too. And I also know that in the world, there's people that can do a weekend course and hang up their shingle and charge a ton of money and not really shouldn't be doing it. (laughs) But when I, when I realized that one of the big common denominators is we don't need to go to a medium to have our loved ones around. They are around. Now I think when we transition Mm -hmm. that we are still, we still have growths we need to have and experiences for the soul. Like one of the mediums that I saw who really described my grandmother to a T and she also said, um, I had two cats that are now in the spirit world. Grammy would always call them the kitties. Okay. So this, this woman said, oh, she says, your grandmother's telling me she's with the kitties. Does that mean anything? I said, oh, yes, it does. Yeah. She gave me some other, she gave me a ton of details. I ended up having five notebook pages filled with good information. But then she says, your grandmother's singing, I'm just wild about Harry. She says, what does that mean to you? Hmm. I said, well, Harry's the name of my new cat you know and that's ah, animals also yeah. are there but the thing is that was really great and there's every single one of us can is i totally believe that we have our spirit team around us we have our loved ones we have guides uh people that have walked this earth before perhaps some that haven't we've got yeah. these cheerleaders yeah. Nobody can jump in and get involved unless we ask. So you always hear people talk about these parking lot angels, you know, just pray for a good spot. I think the power of prayer is a, is a very real thing. Yeah. But I think if we can practice, whether it's going into our heart or even just concentrating our breath to slow it down to get in this present moment, and have shows like yours and mine and others and great books and things to remind us often that there's a bigger picture. One of the practices that one of my guests gave me is to have a chair sitting uh, next to me and say, imagine that my dad is sitting in that chair and have the conversations I want to have, trusting that he is there. Also say, you know, dad, I'm going to close my eyes. Um, Could you walk close to me? Can I see if I can feel your energy? And just because we transition doesn't mean I don't think that we have all the knowledge in the universe. They have to try. But it it would give him or anybody else an opportunity to try to manipulate energy, whether it's putting a kiss on my cheek or a touch on my arm. And I've had those times where I felt somebody sitting on my bed or, and this is not a scary thing, but I mean, I've, I've felt like the cat jump on the bed, which there's no cat jumping on the bed. Um, Sometimes, you know, you get filled with the goosebumps and a real loving feeling. I think that's drawing close, you know, so that's surprising. Uh, there's a, there's a mutual friend we share that is the scientist Sonia Rinaldi, yes, yes. who I would have never believed in a million years that there's someone Images. like her. And for those who don't know, for the last 30 years, Sonia has been working in her laboratory in Brazil, 
giving this away, working with parents, having an empty chair with the parent there, the parent having a conversation with this empty chair and only to get played back and the child's voice is on that recording. Now, 99% of them are in Portuguese because she's doing this in Brazil. Yeah. But for the last two years, she's been working with film. And so she's done things like recorded, like a video of a television or computer screen that's turned off or a glass filled with water or things like that. So yeah. to the naked eye, there's nothing there. But when she plays it back, suddenly people's loved ones' faces appear. She's had, like say a child has died as a toddler. She's, this child has shown pictures of themselves growing up in the afterlife. Wow. She believes that the great inventor Nikola Tesla is working with her. Yeah. This man, you know, we've got the car named the Tesla, and he was one of the founders of electricity. Yeah. He didn't get a lot of the credit, right. um, but he's done a lot. Yeah. He, he's never shown up in a picture with a smile on his face. You know, in those days, nobody smiled. Right. Well, in her pictures, he's got a smile on his face. Yeah. Also, she'd do experiments that she'd, like if I was Sonia and I'm sitting with you, Caroline, yeah. he, she'd put a piece of bubble wrap between us. Okay. And then she would say, okay, you stay perfectly still. And then she'd film it. Okay, fine. So when it gets played back, your grandfather's face could come out of yours. Your son Kyle's face could appear. Things like that. And just this past week, she had sent me some photographs of um, young people that have come through in her pictures, but she couldn't place who they are. And between the Helping Parents Heal group and my own Facebook group, which is called We Don't Die Listeners, parents actually sent in their pictures of their children and they're the same. And I'm thinking, whoa, what a gift that is for a well, I have to parents. tell you, of, I have to tell you, one of those helping parents feel is a very dear friend of mine by the name of Tracy. Yes. Saw, saw Love her. Son. Yes. And matter of fact, there is an email from Sonia in my inbox that I haven't had a chance to read yet, but she was responding to Tracy. So, yes, and she copied me. But, yes, there is. And I actually... Actually, her son, Tracy's son's name is Josh, and his yes. birthday, his birthday was January 3rd, and we were actually communicating with Sonia by email on his birthday, so, and Sonia thought that was really cool, too. That it is great, and, yeah. and little Sonia, she's yeah. a little lady, five yeah. foot tall or something, like me. that, <laughs> yeah. little but powerful, she's yeah. going to fly to Boston in February, from Brazil to present her evidence at my We Don't Die Boston event. We Don't Die Boston.com is the website if people are interested. And then also, end of March uh, to Orlando, be a little warmer. Yeah. And that's We Don't Die Orlando.com. So there's going to be several different speakers at both. Yeah. It'll be small events, maybe yeah. 100, 150 people, nothing too big. But just the, like to me, the best information that the afterlife so cool. is real, helps through grief, uh, talking about having a powerful life. And if I can give people in a weekend yeah. uh, what I've gotten in 20 years of searching and just give them the best of the best, I know how much this information gave me life, improved my life, puts everything in perspective yeah. and really helps. And so I'm living a life that I did, never thought I'd live right now. Yeah, doing something I never thought I'd be doing, but yeah. I wouldn't do it any other way. I'm not perfect by any means, 
but I, I do the best I can and I love it. I get to meet people like you and so many others. Well, I get to, to, to see you in Boston and also Tracy will be there. She's Yay! Yes, Tracy will be in Boston as well. And oh, it is the, like I said, the work Sonia is doing is so amazing. I had her on my show a few weeks ago and it's just, you know, it's so many wonderful people and they're just doing, like you said, she doesn't even charge for her service. She's just no. doing it out of the kindness and love and to to bring healing to so many parents. It's so amazing. Now, now I want another great, wonderful person who's going to be in Boston. Scott. Oh. So, now, physical mediumship is very new to me. Now, it is very I'm, controversial. Very yes. controversial. So you please share. Share uh, what you have learned about physical mediumship. Okay, I sure will. And I'm. I, this was a real hard thing for me to get my head around because as much as I wanted to believe it, that skeptic in me said, oh, you know when things are, seem too good to be true, they probably are? Yes. <laughs> well, the, the premise to physical mediumship are there are a few people on planet Earth right now that have spent their life sitting in the quiet, in the darkened room, offering up themselves to be used say by the spirit world and this um, physical mediumship dates back several hundred years but it got really controversial and it got um i don't want to say it got banned but most people like evidential mental mediumship started taking over when physical mediumship died out and in what it is is if uh, and every time i tell the story caroline I, I think oh god people are going to think i'm nuts but, you know, uh, I know what I've witnessed, so yes. I'm pressing on. Yes. Um, we, we've heard this term ectoplasm, and yes. I, I'm very familiar with it from the green slimy stuff in Ghostbusters. <laughs> I love Ghostbusters. Yeah, and the premise is that the, the medium can sit in a darkened room uh, with a lot of prayer, a lot of um, blending with the spirit world, a lot of energy through laughter. There's a group of people in a circle called a seance, another like taboo word uh, that, you know, I was raised with. Uh, it's got to be bad. But just singing, laughing, and that the energy can cause this vapor-like substance to emanate from the pores or the mouth or the ears of the medium. Mm -hmm. And the deceased person can step into it and become real again. Now, for anybody watching, I totally get that that sounds crazy. <laughs> so I took myself to England, just like I took that mediumship class, because if there was even a remote chance that this is possible, right. I, need, I need to investigate it. And so a couple of the things I found out, just so you know, that Dan Aykroyd that wrote the movie Ghostbusters okay. comes from a family of spiritualists that used to hold seances and even the great-grandfather and great-grandfather would record and have these journals about these people that rematerialized in their living room under these conditions. And so he remembered that term ectoplasm, used it in the movie. Wow. But yeah, I think that's right. I mean, he used his green slimy stuff. Yeah. So I go over to the UK and I spent very little money. See, there's, there's kind of something that tells me somebody charges you 
a ton of money for something, yeah. <laughs> it may, there's a possibility that it's not authentic. Yes. But if you spend, say, $50 right. to attend one of these extraordinary evenings, right. and of course I flew from America for actually, it was a five-day retreat, and it was not, it was, it was just a few hundred dollars with room and board included and food. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of money. Yes. And for a couple of days, we got to know the other people. There were mediums there. We were talking about the afterlife. There was exercises that we could all test our own mediumship and dabble into it in a little. We found out this history of physical mediumship, how many people were physical mediums at the turn of the century. But then because things happened in the dark, a lot of frauds took over. I mean, when you think of all the death that happened in the wars, mm -hmm. and then somebody would say, you know, charge however much money and make the sound or a voice of a loved one. It really, it became a farce. It became a joke. There were more frauds than, than real ones. Yeah. So it just, it really disappeared all but a few people. And I actually think there's, there's plenty of what's called home circles happening in the world, which are people that will just gather in their living room, mm -hmm. singing songs and, and just, and think things actually float in the air. And there's some really great, great stories. Yeah. So this young man, I say young because now I'm 52. Everybody's young. <laughs> you know how that is. Seven tomorrow. Well, oh, happy birthday to you. Yes. Uh, but he, he's 34 or 36. Yeah. He's a baby. He, he's, he's a baby. He's a baby. Age. Yeah. He's my son's age. Yeah. Yeah. Babies. But he would actually get his arms and legs strapped down into the chair just to say, there's integrity here. I'm not the one getting up doing this. People can make sure he's strapped in with the zip ties. And, and so, yes, the room is darkened. We sing, things like this. This particular one that I went to, there was a artificial Christmas tree in the center. And it was just before Christmas. And we were all asked to bring Christmas presents for children. And some of them had glow-in-the-dark tape on them, and there was a lot of musical instruments and things. Right. Well, after we built the energy enough, there was plenty of, um, I guess, energy present. Right. And you could hear what sounds just like little kids running. There was, must have been 25 of us in the room, adults, holding oh. hands. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you hear all the Christmas presents being unwrapped all at the same time. You hear all the musical instruments. There's somebody blowing a kazoo. There's somebody banging the drums. There's a toy piano. You can hear these cars rolling around the floor and, and wow. balls being played with. The, there were hula hoops that had glow-in-the-dark tape on them. It looked like they were floating around. Wow. And I'm thinking, there are no children in this room, but this is happening. Wow. And so after a short amount of time, um, they ended up turning on a, a red light so you could see... <laughs> The room was, you know, destroyed in a good way, like in Christmas right. morning, yeah. and that these spirit children actually had an opportunity to play. And so while this kind of thing is extraordinary, what's even more extraordinary than that is that there are certain times that you hear voices and it's as if you're my father or someone's child, or you talk about Tracy, right. she was at one of these seances when right. we were in Arizona and her son actually put his face through this yes. ectoplasmic veil and he could have a voice again. Exactly. And, well, and have a, 
It's two different Tracys, but that's okay. There, I do know both. The, the Tracy that you're talking about. Oh, Eamon is Eamon that came Eamon, through. Eamon's mom is named Tracy. The other yes. Tracy is the one that Josh's mom, who Josh is right. one of the pictures the, from, from Sandra. Sandra, yeah. that's right. Sonja. I'm sorry I got them confused. That's okay. But anyways, okay. her son came through and yes. could have a conversation with the mother again. Yes. And it's like, Oh my gosh. And, um, and, and even Scott said he used to do these sittings and have like a red light on yeah. to see what you could see. Because in back in the old days, people yeah. would actually materialize under a dim light and people could see them. People could hold their children again. Animals yeah. would rematerialize with some of these people that had been sitting for 50 years, um, yeah. doing this yeah. and so scott in a red light he you can see this um this ectoplasm it, it can either be black or white but it looks like a fog or something mm -hmm. but he says that it, it can be seen but he said when the lights were on there were never any people that could speak to their loved ones and he said he's about helping the grieving heart and wow. so yes there'll be some great things that happen that things move around the room and things, but it's more important to be in the darks so that there's a possibility of people being reunited again, because nothing is more healing than, a, than having something like that. So yeah. uh, Scott and I have become friends. I have yeah. really investigated him because there's a, a, there's a lot of controversy. I mean, he's got people on planet earth that thinks he's a fraud and they've never sat and done this. And I get it. There's people that I think are frauds, but I haven't sat with them. So, I mean, I'm just equally to blame. Right, right, right. But if you are somebody who's interested, Scott is going to be doing a few of these that weekend in yeah. uh, both Boston and, and in um, awesome. Orlando. Because it is something that you got, if you experience it. There was a gentleman that had come and he really, he wanted to believe, but he says it's, it, it's so out there. And I said, I get it. You know, I get it. Yeah. And, and it changed his life. And he is now flying from Hawaii to come to my event in oh, Boston, wow. just because he says this is the most life-changing thing. It's, it it's it beautiful. And that tells me, and it was like how you just interviewed me and we were talking about energy and things. Right. We cannot see this, um, this, world of oneness i mean we know yes. we're all connected yes and if these yes and if that's all possible you know why can't there be this of fog emanating for people i just saw a picture that someone um was pregnant and they had the uh what's it called when the sonogram, sonogram. yeah and i'm looking at this little martian like <laughs> being Inside and i'm thinking belly. That is so miraculous in and of itself that two people come together and through that in something ever so tiny is all the information to create the people like you and me and, and your listener right now. And so our human minds, I don't think Caroline are meant to remember who we are on a 24 seven basis because that would take away the game of life. And I think here in life, like you had once talked about the yin and the yang, you have to have the opposites. You've got to have the dark so you can appreciate the sunshine. Um, all of those kind of things we get while we're here on earth, exactly. but we need to live in this world that we don't remember 
the big things to make it more worthwhile. That's my take on it. But I think there's so much more possible than we can even imagine. And I love living now in 2019 that we get to investigate this. I love it. I love it. 2019, can you believe it? No. I remember when 2000 was, 1999 rolling into 2000. You remember? And that was, that was a big deal. It's like, wow. The big Y2K when the computers were all going to yes. shut down. Yes. But no, so true. So true. It's, and it's like our human body, which is, to me, is like a vehicle. Like I, I use it as a car because we need that, this human body to get around in this uh, world, this physical world. Right. Uh, better, uh, you know, it's not truly physical, but we, it's dense. This dense world we created with our minds, with our thoughts, we have created. So like you said, for me, what brings me joy and how I can hope to inspire others to be joyful is that to, to realize we are spirits and we are here having an experience of our own creation. Now, it's not real in the sense that it's not solid, but it's the experience is real. And right. that's what's important, the experience of this reality. Yes. Agreed. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm so looking forward to Boston. And I'm gonna I know. Boston. It'll be cold, dress warm, but yes. it'll, it'll well, be I, great. I live in the Poconos. It is 15 degrees. Oh, you, you can handle anything then. <laughs> what's the temperature up there? Yeah, it's, I think it's 18 today. It's okay. cold. It's 15 here, so yeah. <laughs> I'm colder than you guys. Yeah, yeah Fahrenheit, because I yes. know 18 yes. Celsius is a lot warmer. <laughs> yes, 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 so true. And all of the links, I was going to, please share. I want you to share with your listeners, are my listeners, I guess, because <laughs> they're your listeners, but there are listeners. Share with our, our listeners. Our listeners. Share with our listeners how they can find you how they can get information about the, the conference in Boston and Orlando, all that good stuff. Share that. Okay. Well, first of all, my name is Sandra Champlain, book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. My home base is wedontdieradio.com. And as a gift for your listeners, there's a, it's my email list. Okay. If you would like to join, it's called my Insiders Club, and I promise I don't send you too many emails. But as a like a free gift, my How to Survive Grief audio is a free gift. There's a I have a 19. It's called Sandra's 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife, mm-hmm. and it's these really different things that have me to believe, and then also some links with the guests that I talk to that help me believe in these things. Right. And then also it says receive a free chapter of my book. Well, here's the secret the whole book. And uh, you, you don't find that out till you start reading it. And then, you know, you wow. go to chapter two and chapter three. I don't want money to be what's right. in between anyone getting this information, but on we don't die radio.com, you can access all the episodes and play them and, and find out more. As for my live events, mm-hmm. the what they're easy to remember. It's we don't die boston.com. And mm-hmm. we don't die Orlando.com. And you don't put the apostrophe behind the N because okay. the search right. engines don't like that. Okay. Uh, and yeah, February 22nd through 24th is the Boston event. And then March 29th through 31st is the Orlando event. And if you are somebody who wants to attend one of these seances, mm-hmm. it's not part of the weekend because it, it's something that is 
yeah, I want to say it's controversial and I don't want to push it on people, but there are certainly plenty of people that are interested. So there is an added cost to that. And also Scott will be doing a workshop in Boston about helping us all connect to our spirit team, learning how to quiet the mind, learning how to sit. He's fascinating. And then um, I've got a couple also coming to both events, the Phil and Carrie are their names. They're coming from Scotland. Okay. And they have so much humor, but they're really good mediums. So they'll be doing some demonstrations and, awesome. and working with people. And I'm just, I feel so lucky and honored that I've gotten to meet so many wonderful people. And now I'm at a point where I can just share. And I think your listeners listen to you the same reason my listeners listen to me. We're not trying to sell anything. We're just trying to share. Yes. And we all have a detector within us of what's true and what's not true for us. I don't think there's any one exact truth in the universe. I think for as many different human beings as ever roamed the land, there's that many different truths. But we all will are looking for our own and... um, and, and that, if I can support anybody, I'm here for that. Yeah. And that's what I encourage with my listeners. I say, I'm just here to share my journey. Yes. I'm living my truth. I'm sharing my truth. I'm sharing my journey. But I, I want everybody to go within and live their truth. Live your authentic life. Live your authentic truth. And it doesn't, your truth doesn't have to be my truth. And, and, and you touched upon the fact about when you were talking, especially when you were talking about physical mediumship held back maybe I don't know how many hundreds of years ago when it was more popular but it lost its popularity because of so many I will say shysters shysters shysters. charlatans con artists frauds (laughs) yes and it gives the whole profession of mediumship and physical media and this whole thing we don't die the whole concept of that we go on and there's so much proof of it i mean there's so many near-death experiences there's yeah. so much, much proof of we don't die but there's so many that the shysters out there give this whole concept a bad name because do you know Caroline, not to sorry to interrupt, no. but there were two guys that were thought to be shysters back in the early 1900s named Wilbur and Orville Wright. And they worked for years, four years without giving up, tried to, trying to invent this flying machine. Yes. And even when they had the first airplane, the U.S. government had nothing to do with them, thinking they're shysters. Oh. So they didn't, they didn't publicly fly and show off their airplane. Uh, until it was in 1904, 1906 in France, because the yes. French were more open. Yes. But without them, with their unstoppable attitude, we would yes. never have the world as it is now. And I can't help but think that this life after death thing is very, very similar. It's going to yes. be plenty of people that think, I'm a shyster, you're a shyster, yes. whatever. Um, they might think but, we're just crazy. Yeah, just crazy. <laughs> but that's but okay. it's okay. But in time, that's going to shift. And, you know, when you think about people who lived 100 years ago or even beyond that, they would have never, uh, you know, we've got the Zoom technology that we're looking at each other. They would have never believed something like this is possible, even radios and things. So technology will change. I I can't help but think in 20 years, there's going to be little devices that we're all talking to our loved ones in the afterlife and so much more. Do you know of Dr. Gary Schwartz? I sure do. Oh, yes. I sure do. The soul phone, yes. 
I believe it. I believe, honestly, I believe within 20, 25, like you said, 25 years, we'll be at least, I think he said, we're going to start by texting our loved ones on the other side. That's cool with me. I I can see me texting myself every morning to Kyle. Okay, who should we have on the guest this week? As a guest this week, texting Kyle. And he texts me, you know. He's your co-host. Yeah, he's he's my co-host, yes. And if Sonia's doing what she's doing in Brazil. Yeah. He's got whatever formula. I happen to think that she might have mediumistic qualities that she's not aware of, that yes. her energy is whatever it is. There's, but there's a formula there. And if one person's doing it, it can be done. And, and so I believe these things are going to happen. But yes. we have to support, which I know is what you do, yes. these, the little guys that are just trying to do what they do and share where they can. Yes. And you and I both have big platforms that people are listening. Yes. So when we share it, we're bringing it out to people. And it's the people that need to hear it. Yes. So I love it. I love it. I love it. This is so, so good. And I can't wait to see you in Boston and see Scott again. Scott is amazing. And Sonia, oh, he's fun. Yeah. I don't know if she's, sh- she might be the only person shorter than me. Yeah. <laughs> she is short. She is a little late. <laughs> but this is, oh my goodness. This is, now, did you, uh, before we, we end, I want anything else you want to share with our listeners before? We- oh, what I would say is for all of us to just look in the mirror, look in your big eyes, give yourself a little pat on the back. Where you are in your journey is just perfect. You know, we have to go through all negative stuff, I think, to learn. If you're somebody who's going through a really tough time right now, you might not understand the why, but just try to have faith that in the future you can look back and say, ooh, that's why that happened. I think we as human beings do the best job we can, but now we're starting to feel like we have a little bit of responsibility and a little power. And even listening to your show and knowing that our thoughts create our reality, uh, if we can take a little time to write down what we're grateful for, and all of a sudden you start feeling some gratitude, all of a sudden these miraculous type or synchronistic type things start happening. But just to look in your own eyes, love yourself, do not believe if there's something negative that your mind is telling you about you, it's part of being human, we all have this little voice, doesn't mean that's who you are, because you're not. It's just there to help us forget who we really are. But love yourself, be gentle on yourself, and just know that there is this world of magic and possibilities beyond your your dreams, and and it's real, it's real so true and it's like it's all from that high vibration of love and gratitude the high two highest vibrations is love and gratitude and it starts with loving yourself and sure. truth, you can't love another unless you love yourself yeah you so look in the mirror say i love me and i i'm gonna i'm doing the best i can and i love me and right. i'm gonna spread that love out to all that come in contact just giving a smile sometimes as you walk by someone on the street sometimes you don't know what they're going through but if you just smile when you pass them you know that might just make their day you know so the simple act of kindness simple act yes. of love and kindness it goes so far because we the, it goes so far because we are interconnected and that simple act of kindness spreads throughout the universe not just the world it really That's does right. we are that powerful we are so much more powerful than we know. Thank you 
so much, Sandra. You're I, welcome. This has been a wonderful day. It's been a wonderful day. It's been wonderful. And for your listeners, go to we don't die radio.com and check out, I think your episode 288. Okay. 287 or 288. But anyways, so yeah. you can hear, because sometimes people don't get to know your story because you're yeah. behind the scenes asking the questions, but yeah. you, you yeah. were very generous to share your story. Well, and what thank you. I, do, I appreciate that because I do like sharing. And sometimes, like you said, uh, with being a host, you don't always get to share. So thank no. you so much for giving me the opportunity to share. <laughs> okay, well, I will see you in a few weeks. In Boston. Okay. Thank you. Love you much. Okay. Bye bye.